Welcome to DevOps and Docker Talk. I'm your host, Brett Fisher. In this episode, I am live from the floor at KubeCon North America 2023 with my co-host, Nirmal Mehta of AWS. And we have a rolling panel of guests, all stars from the show. I had to write them down because we, in an hour, we just had a bunch of people rotating through, all talking about content they create or projects they're working on. We wanted to get some of our friends and people we haven't seen in a while that are making great stuff out there on the show for just a few minutes. And it's sort of a rapid panel of rotating guests. If you actually watch the video version of this, there's literally people walking in and out of the camera. And it starts, let's see, I'm not gonna go in necessary in specific order, but it starts with Phil Estes, a cloud native ambassador and working at AWS as a principal engineer. We've also got Nigel Poulton, the Docker captain who makes the great Docker and Kubernetes books and is a Pluralsight author. We've got James Spearin, another Docker captain and cloud native ambassador who's making great YouTube content, makes courses. We've got Michael Coleman from Sysdig, who I've known for years from Docker and other companies. We've got Chad Crowell, the author of Acing the Certified Kubernetes Administrator Exam. He's on talking about his community in his book. We've got Derek Morgan, a content creator and a course creator on Terraform, Ansible, and Docker. Basically, tons of content creators. We also had Marcino Salentino, Platform Engineering on Kubernetes is his book that's coming out on Manning, and I've already bought that one. So it's a great, fun show. We try to summarize up, Nermal and I, what happened at the conference, what were the major themes this year at KubeCon North America, and looking forward to what we see in 2024. I hope you enjoy it. We've edited this down to take out a lot of the extra stuff. So enjoy this edited live show from the floor of KubeCon. Hi. Hi. Who are you? I am Brett. This is my channel. <laughs> I'm Nermal, and welcome to our live show from KubeCon North America in... Chicago. Ooh, yeah. A giant place. 9,000 people, I think yeah. they said at the keynote. 9,000. It's been very busy. A lot of good energy here. So what do we got up first? Our first guest, Phil Estes of the Container D Project and AWS, is going to come on and we're going to talk a little bit about so a lot of things. Uh, welcome, Phil. Yeah. Thank you. Great yeah. to be here. Full disclosure, we're all friends. Yes. Yeah. All friends from the captain's program. And now the CNCF everything, eating the world. You had a talk, did you have a talk this week? I do today, 2.55 p.m., so a couple hours away. Container D? Yeah, yeah, Container D, we're doing the maintainer update, telling people what's new about the 2.0 release that's coming out soon. What's new in 2.0, what's the big deals? Why 2.0, by the way? First of all, we had a bunch of deprecations over the years, you know, Container D is now going on six and a half, seven years old. Yeah. So 2.0 is a chance to like, you know, with Semver, okay, we're actually deprecating these. It gives us a chance to take some experimental features, make them formally supported. Okay. And the sandbox service, again, if you're using Container D from Kubernetes, we've never really had a natural like, affinity with like the ideas of pods and, you know, we've uh, just had yeah. containers. We've been yeah, container yeah, yeah, runtime. Yeah. Right. So the sandbox service and the sandboxer are basically making sort of a cleaner interface for use by Kubernetes and also allowing for interesting new sandboxing methods. Like, you know, people have been doing isolation with VMs around their yeah. pods. The sandbox service makes that cleaner and better. So it's yeah. opening up like new possibilities there, yeah. but also yep. realizing that Container D is used 
primarily for the Kubernetes world, That's, making it more yeah. like interoperable. I mean, the Docker use case is still huge. Obviously, yeah. Docker announced their MAU of what is it, 10 million like yeah. Docker desktop users. So yeah. we know that use case is still there, but I think the latest CNCF report, you know, the velocity of use of Container D with the Docker shim deprecation, and then was Datadog's you know state of the container yeah. world. Yep. You know, shows Container D again like just climbing as the most common, you know, runtime yeah. for use underneath. Awesome. Yeah, of course, we've all been longtime users. Since the Docker split it out many years ago, we've had you on the show to talk about it, so if you're interested more in Container D, there's lots of content out there, and it's mostly Phil, but there's lots <laughs> of content on learning what really runs your containers in Kubernetes, yeah. which isn't, what is it, what years ago we used to say, Kubernetes doesn't run containers, it just runs other things that run containers. I think. It's been long enough that, that people kind of understand that now that Kubernetes has all the orchestration and you know amazing set of capabilities around how you manage compute. The runtime is still the engine underneath all that. Now we're going to have you on the show next year talking about Finch. Yes. Give us the quick little pitch on that one. Yeah, so Finch is a pure open source alternative to some of the desktop products that are out there around, I want to build containers on my laptop, I want to try out, make sure this doc file works before I push it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so Finch is built around Containerd, Lima, NerdCTL. NerdCTL is like a Docker command line clone built on Containerd, has build kit. So we package up these components. You know, Akihiro is the amazing creator of so much of this. Like yeah. And award winner. And yeah, award winner, yeah, award I was winner just gonna say. So we've just made a packaging of these. We've been doing some improvements on how it works on Mac. We're about to come out with Windows support. So yeah, I'm excited to yeah. talk more about that with you, but we're getting some good adoption. It's a crowded space. There's lots of you know, interesting choices there. Yeah. Rancher. I run a spreadsheet. Brett.show.ddt, <laughs> 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 desktop alternatives or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah There's yeah. a lot of options. Yeah, there is. So this is our, you know, our foray into that space, and we're kind of excited to see where it goes. Did you get a chance to walk around the expo hall? At, sure. At yeah, what uh, were some things that, that kind of were some of the trends or some things that piqued your interest? AI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AI. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I learned that AI will do everything soon. So, no, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of people trying to capitalize on, on excitement yeah. around AI, so that's a big thing. I was talking to some of the security vendors, and, you know, there's sort of mainstays, but there's also a ton of, like, new startups in that space yeah. trying to, yep. again, find a niche with how to secure your clusters, how to secure your workloads, how to scan and S-bombs, you know, it's just... Seems like that's still an exploding area. And there's a lot of experimentation at the booth, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And in terms of the CNCF projects, I, I think there's what, 170 plus? 177, I think. 177, yeah. And so out of all those CNCF projects, what are some that piqued your interest? Yeah, Container D. I, I really Obviously, like that I, I was going to say <laughs> sorry, outside sorry. of Container D. It's a little bit, I was telling someone, it's a little bit overwhelming because yeah. I can't even keep up with like the amount of sandbox projects yeah, coming in that, yeah, yeah. that, you know, really have a broad variety of, of what they're even, you know, the problem space mm -hmm. they're, they're solving. So I don't feel like I have a great answer because I I walk the project pavilion over there. Uh, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> like, I heard of this project. And you're kind of involved in at least one of the upstream projects and yeah, you yeah, find yeah. it hard to kind of keep track of yeah, everything. So yeah. the um, velocity is still very high. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's cool that Akihiro got Lima into the 
as a CNCF project. Mm -hmm. Cool to see where that goes because there's a lot of good collaboration, ranchers involved, a lot of different groups thinking about that. You know, make it easier to have an isolated VM. Yeah, you know, absolutely. On Mac or Windows machine. I, I hear about that all the time, especially for folks that are trying to do. You know, have multiple customers or multiple yep. multi-tenancy yeah, yeah, yeah. requirements. Want to make sure that their neighbors are on the same cluster, like they can support everything on one cluster, but no interference, right? Yeah, and so right. a little bit more isolation. So yeah. excited to see where that project goes for sure. Cool. That's a great yeah. answer. We're <laughs> <laughs> pretty good at this. We've been on some shows before. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the talk. I'm looking forward to you being on the show again. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah. By the way, we're all like three hours apart from each other, but we never see each other until we come here. So. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll drive over to Virginia Beach to be on the show like Physically. We, we did that like back in 2018, yeah. I think. And it was one of the er very early, it's not even on the current channel, it's like on an old channel. So yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. All right, I'm going to volunteer James up next. All right. So, James, kinda, um, come on up. Come on up. All right, so I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> My shirt on shirt, popping collars. Uh, friend of ours, James Buren, who has a great YouTube channel. You've probably yes. seen his stuff. Um, hey, nice. hey, hey welcome. Thanks so much for being here. How's it going? It is great. I'm <laughs> yeah. doing way better now that I have a second shirt on. This is, yeah. This is very, so if you can't tell, this is like KubeCon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, now we're all just blurry. Yeah. Now, now, now the rest of the show's ruined. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the as we actually went through, I think your, your, your best shirt we've seen so far is the... Lebowski one. The big Lebowski. That, that's oh, that's yes. going to be saved for another show. So I've been thinking, James, of um, creating brettshirts.com. You in? <laughs> now that you said it on the internet, someone's going to buy it. Oh, dang. I actually saw this shirt, and I saw it in the store, and it really didn't look that good, but... You pull it yeah, off. Yeah, he does. You, you, you pull it off well. <laughs> I feel like I'm dressed up now. With this. Like, like, well, thank you so much yeah. for the gift, sir. It's very nice. So James has got a YouTube channel, Dive Into, yep. right? Yeah. That's, that's what you're all about. Your work is in every keynote this week. So you're an ambassador, <laughs> and you gave some time. You gave a lot of time to helping all the maintainer projects, yeah. and you dialed the edits down to like the most entertaining way to get 40 projects. Yeah. in like whatever five minutes or whatever yes. yeah so the back context on this typically in the past there was a lot of videos where they were submitted as zoom recordings and essentially we wanted to get the bar of the keynote videos up so yes i volunteered for this originally <laughs> yeah, I, I, I volunteered and originally you would typically have 10 videos at every keynote so it would be one day and after volunteering, I realized it was going to be 41 videos. Ooh. And yeah, I spent, That's a lot. <laughs> I spent two or three months working on it in the background. But now it's actually been good. I know all about the different projects. And oh. yeah, and, and so many I had no clue on whatsoever. Yeah. So it's been challenging, but it's been good. So, I what just, are those projects that, you know, you've been through 40 projects? putting these videos together, yeah. what are some of the highlights? Ooh, from... good question. Yeah. That's why you're co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I think with this, where I actually looked into the various projects as they were actually coming along, mm -hmm. Istio in particular, with so Mitch Connors did the Istio one. Mm -hmm. That was a really good insight. The Kedda one, mm -hmm. um, the Kubernetes special interest group. So I didn't really appreciate 
some of the groups which are yeah. actually there. So a lot of the times you hear about, for example, SIGDOCS. Yeah. SIGDOCS is, yeah. I'm actually part of SIGDOCS. That's how I got started with the Kubernetes community. For example, SIG API machinery. I had no idea what SIG API right. machinery <laughs> does. And they are pretty much responsible for the Kubernetes code base. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So, so really, really big. That was quite good. There's many areas I still need to look into. So I think we were actually saying this, neither you or I have a clue what a spiffy, spiffy <laughs> slash spire stack is. Learn, <laughs> learn. All the new acronyms. Yeah. 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 And, and that actually came up, that came up twice. So it was in the Cilium one. So I can yeah. remember in the Cilium one, it actually says there, and you know, you can enable this flag and you'll have a, a full spiffy spire stack. So what what is it? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no, it's a mystery. <laughs> so someone in the comments, if, put, put if, down if, what if spiffy is. If any of you know what a spiffy <laughs> slash spire stack is, then do please come along and, and, and tell us. <laughs> what else? Was there anything else in particular that jumped out? Uh, I think on the some of the areas I know as well, the SIG storage side, my background prior to actually doing content, doing courses. I used to work in storage and oh. specialized many years in that. And as I was actually doing the presentation, it was like, wow, okay, they've come quite far on yeah. that <laughs> since. Yeah, since, uh, it's super important now. Since taking my eyes off it. Yeah. And, you know, there was a couple of, you know, a couple of the ones in that space where they dip their toes, they kind of related back to it. But yes, definitely SIG storage need right. to actually have a look at. Yeah. And we should say one more time, SIG docs. Like, yeah. SIG docs, yeah. SIG, SIG docs, yeah, amazing. We get, a, we get a lot of questions on the channel around like, how do I get started? Someone just asked yes. you, how do I get started with CNCF? Yes. And docs feels to me like something for everyone. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah do docs is brilliant. So that's how I got involved in that. And Essentially, all I actually did was, I was going through the documentation, I was making some content, I found some bits which weren't clear. For the actual documentation, made some changes to see how this could be improved. And I remember actually the first one that I did, I overcooked it. So I had done the actual change and because there's so many different locales, I had put it through and I had essentially done my commit, say, tagging every different, every <laughs> different language. And they were like, don't do that. Just, <laughs> just do the one language. Yeah. It was all super, super friendly. And um, I think that the big thing is the workflow that you actually see as it goes on. So I did that documentation change yep. and then you see everything which actually ties in with it. All of the process, the yeah. other people, the how assignees are automatically selected. Right. People coming in, looks good to me, etc. And yeah, really, really friendly community. And not only do you get involved with a Kubernetes project, which is awesome in itself, it's super, super friendly. Yeah. And, and off the back of it, so I was able to get quite a lot of SigDocs contributions quite simply by taking my own ones after I'd actually done them, then working with the other languages and saying, can you convert this to French? I've done this, I can see it needs to be updated in this. Can you translate this to Japanese? Can you do this? 
and then all of a sudden your one contribution has changed into 10 contributions yeah. and where I actually wanted to be seen and active in the community even when I didn't have ones which I'd done myself I would look through recent ones find some ones which are interesting cherry pick them and do the same thing this one recently went in but there's no translation in you know Korean Japanese right. etc and just ping people yeah right. so it's, it's a it's, it's a super low bar, but super important as well. Yeah. And if you want to get involved with the CNCF, it, it might seem intimidating, but just find a SIG, find a working group that piques your interest. Find out when they do their weekly calls or their monthly calls or their meetings and just join, just be there. And that's a great way to kind of understand how things work within the community. And oftentimes they're very friendly, very friendly communities yeah, to get yeah. involved. Yeah. And, it might seem intimidating, but when you're in there, you realize that it's, it's, a, it's a nice space. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you can make mistakes. Like, yes. your first commit doesn't have to be your best commit. <laughs> and what, what was quite funny, actually, because I only noticed this, I only noticed, noticed this afterwards, but I was working with where I was actually doing these KubeCon projects videos for the various different ones. I was working with Nikita, who's the co-chair. Okay. And I didn't actually register at the time, but I was going back through some content I had done, and I was talking about this, actually getting started with SIG Docs. And I had done quite a few contributions, and then I applied for membership, and the person who had approved my membership was Nikita. Nice. So I, I messaged her, and I was like, wow, we've actually met before, but I didn't it's know you. And, and yeah, yeah and... and it's a good story, you know, especially like some of those people. Nikita in particular, if you check it out, she was actually an intern and you see on her LinkedIn profile, she's obviously very fresh to the environment, but she's on stage. Right. And then now she's owning it on stage, right. you know, yeah. that, that kind of confidence and all of this from just getting involved in right. a community. Yeah, right. absolutely. It, it, it's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Yeah, so you haven't been on the show yet. I haven't been on the show. Okay. You've been asking me for a long time. This, so dive into just YouTube that after the show, and you'll find all of his great content. It's yeah. probably already in your recommendations because he's he's made some great <laughs> stuff. It's super high quality. A little jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> Put so much work into it, and then it really shows. So it's Kubernetes, Docker. You're also Docker captain, so all of us yeah. were just at yeah. DockerCon a month ago. Yeah. The last question. What's the next video you're going to do, or the next course you're going to release, or what? What's what should we look forward to? I was actually thinking, and so a, a little plug to the CNCF Deaf and Hard of Hearing yes. um, group. So one of the areas I had someone actually contact me uh, about some work I was doing on my course, and they asked me when I was going to do subtitles captions for the actual video and I actually had it in my workflow but I was going to just do all of the videos and then I was going to go back through right at the end and do them and yeah. this person reached out and said I can't watch them unless you actually do it and oh. it, it, it was a, it was a bit of a that sucks. That's really, really not fair. So I stopped what I was doing. I prioritized that. And just within this, we've been quite active in this CNCF 
deaf and hard of hearing community, trying to boost it. Um, when we started, it was around about 15 people. It's now shot up to about 50 members. It's growing. But yes, I think the next video I will probably do will just be a quick one, um, just showing other content creators how you can quickly do it. And it's actually, it's a tool that um, you recommended to me before. I, I tried a few different ways and in short, for anyone who's making content and wants to get it out to a wider audience, it was Descript. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, yeah. yeah. I've been putting it in 90% accurate yeah. and just some minor edits. So thank you for telling me about that. And then it's had this knock-on impact. We're, we're changing yeah. the world. Well, yeah, 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 there we go. It actually gets Docker and Kubernetes correct for me. There's very minor bits I actually need to do it. I can drop a video in and Kubernetes, which that's the word a lot of them yeah. re really mess yeah. up, but it does very well on the accuracy. And the only thing I'm really changing is you mentioned something like a pod, you mentioned something like a deployment. It will often do those with lowercase characters. So it's just, I, I have got so confident with it now. I, I drop, I export. I run it through an editor and I publish. And yeah. everything is, there's an industry standard for all of this and it follows all of the industry yeah. standards, like 42 characters. All the so good stuff. I, I pretty much summarized it here. I could just <laughs> say, hey, refer to this. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a clip yeah. and it'll be on your channel. Perfect, well, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much and, for... And you've got another great one over there. Oh yeah? If we can get Who do we have over there? So Mike, Mike Coleman, he did, Falco, yeah, he did the Falco step, and his his was very good. Good. I don't, I don't know if we can we can entice. <laughs> yeah, you, Mike, <laughs> Mike Coleman. Thank you, James. Your, James your, nice to meet you. Your, your video was awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Falco. Hello, how are you, Brad? Good to see you. Guys. Hello. <laughs> it's like old home week. I'm like, yeah, hey, good, I'm going to move you. out. Sorry. Yeah. Hi, thank you, Thanks, thank James. you, James. Uh, Come on in. Wait, you want to just okay. talk a little bit? Well, sure. we'll, ask you, we'll ask you a conference question. Okay. All right, well, tell us who you are, where you're at. Uh, Mike Coleman, uh, developer advocate over at Sysdig, focused on open source Falcon. Yeah. All right. And we've known each other five, not longer, not longer, seven, seven, seven or eight years. Like way back. So I was at Docker. In around, I think around 2015, yeah. right? And I think even before the captain's program maybe even existed, it was yeah. just getting started. Just getting started, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our question is like, there's a lot of tools here, right? In fact, Nermal and I were going through all the uh, CNCF projects to try to find more to be on the show. And at one point I looked around and I was like, we've been doing this 250 episodes and we don't even have half of them on the show yet. Yeah. What, do you have like something you, you saw here, or you saw in keynotes, saw on the floor that you're interested in? Well, so what I actually was in, I've known about OPA for a while, right? But I actually was starting to think about what's the intersection between like what Falco does with runtime security and policy, and how do those things complement each other, and where do they, you know, what's the Venn diagram, essentially? Right? Right, and yeah. then, of course, I haven't done much with Kyverno at all, and so if you think about OPA, then like Kyverno, what's going on there as well? Yeah. So both of those things seem super interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. Us being like the infrastructure ops guys, like I, yeah. like when I first learned Kyverno, it was my jam. I was like, this is what I'm looking for, like a YAML-driven policy where I could make cluster-wide blanket statements, yeah. keep the developers in the lane, right, yeah. keep them, and uh, yeah, I agree. I like your choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is, like, you know, from a Falco perspective and a security perspective, we talk about, like, oh, this external bad actor or somebody inside is disgruntled, when the reality is, 
most of your problems, I think, are going to come from overworked sysadmins yeah. who are taking shortcuts. Or Absolutely. Mistakes, right? Absolutely. Accidents. Accidents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and those tools like Kyverno, Opa, you know, all of the, you know, Falco, all of those yep. are about looking for that behavior and, and trying to help you be more aware of it. I just Absolutely. Think there's a good fit there. yeah. So, selfish plug, so shameless plug, but we've had Falco on the show this year. We did, yeah. And we had Kyverno on. I think last year, we're going to have Kyverno on again next year, early in the year. So if you're interested in Kubernetes policy, Kyverno's got some announcements around beyond Kubernetes, like yeah. cloud native policy. We were just talking to the project booth earlier yesterday. Founder. And the founder, yeah, yeah, and talking about extending it beyond just Kubernetes, beyond just containers, thinking about policy around all infrastructure components. Yeah. So. I'm, I, I want to see that demo. I'm interested in how, yeah, we'll it's see. hard, it's super hard, so how do they make it easy? Like yeah. that's really the question, yeah. so. Yeah. so. Absolutely. Well, and that, so how do you make hard stuff easy? How do you yeah. make hard stuff boring and easy? Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Anyway, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank, all right. You well, so thank, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, good to you. Thank you, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks. All right, I'm going to volunteer got, Chad next. Okay. Uh, we got our friend Chad. Hey, how's it going? Good. So, the second time on the show this year, I think. Uh, introduce yeah. yourself again. Yeah, my name is Chad Cole. I am a Kubernetes engineer, and I have a book out called Acing the Certified Kubernetes Administrator Exam. Ooh, that's a certification I do not have. And Nor I've been, I. Oh, sounds like both of us <laughs> we need, need a copy. <laughs> we have the right man here to help us. <laughs> yeah. Get the book, acingthecka.com. Uh, okay. It's uh, under Manning Press, so. Cool. Yeah, we had you on the show earlier this year, so if you haven't seen that episode, we talked about learning Kubernetes, contributing. This is a theme of the conference, is getting more yeah. people into the community. There's tons of resources out there. There's actually one in the keynote that I can't even remember. They made a, they had a new course on how to contribute, and I can't remember the URL. It was like cncf.io slash something. So if you go to kates.dev, Kates.dev, K-A-S.D-E-V. That's right. And then the yeah, they they just built a new contributing guide. So if you're a first-time contributor, it's on that site, and it's you know walkthrough of how to get started. And that's I usually tell people you know after your certification is done, you know a lot of people say where do I go from here, you know, and it's such a great honor to be a part of this community, and we see it we see it in the, at KubeCon for sure, and uh, that's a that's a great yeah. way to to give back. Well, thanks so much for yeah. stopping by. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for taking my for me volunteering you. I appreciate it. All right. So, what are the themes that you saw from the show? Like, pick a couple of topics yeah. that you felt like were big. So, for me, and Phil kind of alluded to this, but machine learning is happening on Kubernetes. Yeah. That's the like the main theme. We saw some announcements and some talks around how companies, open source projects, are using Kubernetes for their training for their inference of machine learning models. And of course, that's topic du jour these days, right? That's high on a lot of folks' minds as they're trying to understand how to integrate machine learning into their applications, their products, the open source communities. And there's a lot of activity and buzz. Of course, it's not the first year that there's buzz around machine learning with Kubernetes, but we're really seeing evidence that that is the place to do machine learning training yeah. and inference. And I think there were some announcements maybe from OpenAI or yeah, some like, others around. I, I did write down, OpenAI uses 7,500 Kubernetes nodes for ChatGPT. Yeah. So if you've used ChatGPT, any of the versions and variants, that's a very large, it's probably more than one cluster. Yeah. It's, it's a very large, 7,500 well, is a lot of nodes. Yeah, we're seeing lots of folks talking about stretching the limits of Kubernetes, scaling out, but 
using Kubernetes with these other you know, open source frameworks like Ray or MLflow or other machine learning tooling that's integrated deeply and has a deep understanding of Kubernetes and using Kubernetes to squeeze the most juice out of compute. Right, right. It's, right. it's kind of the more expensive part of getting these models trained and doing inference. So everyone wants to kind of get the most efficiency out of the compute that they're buying. Yeah. And they're using Kubernetes to do that, which is very exciting. And you know, if you told me five years ago that stateful workloads were gonna be like, you know, the, one of the main things people are talking right, about. Right, right. Okay, you know, we were very careful about, you know, overpromising, overpromising <laughs> on stateful workloads, but yeah. kind of like Phil mentioned, you know, there's there's storage. I think it was Phil that was and James that were mentioning the storage SIG was very interesting, a lot of activity there, and it's being driven by data processing, machine learning, right. database workloads, vector databases, things like that. So, yeah. you know, if if you were on the fence around whether Kubernetes could support your stateful workload, now's that moment. Right. I don't know if all the storage issues have been resolved, and of course there's a lot of activity in upstream, but yeah. So that's one main takeaway. Uh, what's yours? I felt like even though we've had eBPF on the show yeah. a lot, I feel like that's definitely a theme. The, the show had a lot of eBPF stuff. We yeah. were at the Isovalent event last night. Their Cilium product was a highlight of one of the keynotes yeah. where Datadog I get, uses Cilium in all their Kubernetes clusters. Yeah. They have many thousands of nodes all running that. We've had Liz Rice on the show before, talking about her books, talking about Cilium, talking about eBPF. I think. EBPF itself to me, like I'm a system, I'm an implementer, so to me it's an implementation detail. So Interesting. it doesn't to me it's like I don't use EBPF as an op operator and a DevOps uh, person. I'm maybe not, not you're not programming like I'm EBPF. Not writing any, I'm not writing yeah. kernel EBPF connections, right? Yes. <laughs> I just use tools that happen to enable it. Yeah. So to me it's just a it's not really a feature, it's just a, a speed benefit, a feature benefit of whatever tool I'm using. These tools all either use it or don't, and it seems like the tool, especially the security tools, anything that needs a lot of observability, if they're not on eBPF, they're trying to get there, or they're, yeah. they're, they have plans for that. Security, so. observability, networking, it's starting to reach into a lot of the pillars of like the things yeah. that you need to consider operationally. Yeah, if uh, you're not observing your, or networking, if you're not yeah. eBPF, you're, you're out. But that being said, I think we're seeing kind of the push toward more maturity around the eBPF concepts, right? Yeah. So yesterday we walked around the different CNCF projects and we talked to Inspector Gadget, which is a incubating or no sandbox. It was a sandbox, a, sandbox. a CNCF project by Microsoft. It was yeah. around providing a framework, an open source framework for managing eBPF programs and patterns of using that eBPF data in your cluster for different use cases. And I think we're going to see more activity around this concept of lifecycle management of eBPF programs, especially since they, they require a different kind of security model with respect to, you know, they're, they're running in the kernel, they need to be on the hosts in your Kubernetes cluster, and managing that is maybe something that we all have to consider as oh. more projects have eBPF in them. So, hello, I'm Nigel, and I'm from the UK. <laughs> and I, I write books, and I do some of the stuff that he does as well. And maybe you a little bit? Yeah. 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 We're all Docker captains. We're we all Docker are. Captains. Highlights, right? Ambassadors? No. <laughs> I know, and I, I don't think they would have me either. <laughs> especially so, about the, uh, especially the comments you're about to say, right? Yeah. Can, can I give my 
three pro tips for KubeCon. Are these hot takes? Let's get some hot takes. So I'll give you a hot take, right? Okay. A hot take. <laughs> if my British understanding of a hot take is, is correct. WebAssembly, and I don't know if it's a hot take, but something I was quite interested in and I didn't know was a thing before. I think the project is called Carmada, Kubernetes Armada, and it's basically horizontal pod auto scaling across clusters. Oh, interesting. I think it's maybe like sandbox or incubating, so it's, yeah. it feels super The first new. stage, sandbox, yeah. yeah. But I think that years I've always wanted to be able to do stuff across things, so whether it's across regions yeah. or across clusters or across, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't really know anything about it yet other than it's, there's a project that's blessed by the CNCF at the moment. It has a K in it, right? And it has a K in it, so <laughs> it's gonna be a success. <laughs> but it's one that I'm gonna certainly go away from the event and have a look into. Like, so I write books and I'm always looking to put interesting stuff in the books. Yeah. But it has to be of a certain maturity before I do that. Absolutely. Otherwise, like, I'm going to write something and it's either going to be out of date or it's going to be wrong or both. Yeah. And the struggle is real. <laughs> it is, yeah. And people are going to get angry with me and sad at the book. Yeah. And we probably all know if somebody, if a hundred people love your book, maybe one of them puts a review on Amazon. If five people hate something in it, those five and all of their friends and family put a bad review on. So I have to be careful, yeah, but I'm yeah, kind yeah. of super excited about that. I'm super excited about WebAssembly as well. I don't know if we've talked about that too much. I'm happy to talk about it if you want to, yeah. but. Well, if you, if you didn't see, Nigel and I were actually, we had, the video we did for DockerCon or Docker, it was a Docker event. Yeah. We made a, a little video, oh, yeah. it's like a year ago now. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably outdated. I mean, there was a lot of stuff we didn't know about how WebAssembly was going to work on Kubernetes. There was ideas, but not necessarily working code everywhere. So can I say I want two things on that, right? So yeah. if it was a year ago, I think when we recorded it, I would have hoped we'd be more mature and further on than we actually are now. I concur with that assessment. It <laughs> feels awesome. like, like every project and every technology wants its docker moment, and, and it's going to be next year or this year. And I yeah. really thought this year was going to be the year for WebAssembly. And I'm not down on it, don't get me wrong. It just hasn't, hasn't happened yet this year. Yeah. And people are saying to me, well, WASI Preview 2, we might get it by the end of this year still, probably early 2024, which is okay, because we want it to be baked and we want it to be done properly. I, I want to say, is 2024 going to be the year of WebAssembly? but I, I feel like I've not been burned by it, but I, my confidence level isn't where I would like it to be. Yeah, yeah that's, that's some good truth. Alexandria is actually saying, cheers, Nigel, awesome people. Nigel's book and courses, very captivating. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Can I caveat, thank you very much, by the way. Just on the WebAssembly though, where I think we have made really good progress is with the Containerd shim. Uh, and yeah. being able to run stuff on Kubernetes. But the funny thing for me there, right, is that we've had great progress there, so you can run WebAssembly workloads on Kubernetes, um, if, and look, Cryo does it as well, but I've done most of the stuff I've done with Containerd. But Kubernetes is, for me, almost not the right platform of assembly workloads yet. So yes. we've got the work done for WebAssembly on Kubernetes, but it's maybe not the right place. Yeah, Are you thinking more like the startup? That, like the, the startup issue or no. the wrapping in, of these modules in a... Do you know what? I feel like just being probably a bit super high level is the fact that Kubernetes expects everything to be 
like a traditional Linux container from a scheduling perspective and everything. Yeah. I don't feel like it's optimized for WebAssembly, for the, the strengths of WebAssembly. Yeah, the value yet. you're getting from WebAssembly is kind of dampened down yes. by the Kubernetes yeah. concepts. So I would say like, I'm much more excited about, if we can call it native WebAssembly, like people like Cosmonic and Fermion and the startups like that that are building around, building new stuff around the, the real benefits of WebAssembly. But I think we have to caveat it, and I know this isn't a great analogy, and it's not necessarily as true as we all think, or at least I think it was, but you know when we do the VHS versus Betamax thing, and generally we accept that, even though it might not be true, that VHS was not as good as Betamax, it still won the war. Mm -hmm. Like, is Kubernetes good enough, or will we get it to a point where it's good enough, and the majority of people and WebAssembly workloads go to it anyway? We're not maximizing it, but we're getting some benefit. You, am I making sense Yeah, with that? and yeah, it's yeah. like a heterogeneous environment between containers and Blossom yes. yeah. at the same time. And taking advantage of one <laughs> Kubernetes control plane to kind of manage these yeah. different types of runtime environments, if yeah. you will, yeah. right? That'll likely happen as adoption increases. Probably, yeah. With the container D shim, that helps folks just start to use Wasm and experiment, and that will likely lead to... Bill! <laughs> just, just, just real quick, I'm sorry. He's just said container D, and we've we, got... We had Phil. Almost, oh, you've oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> Almost missed container D there. Can I just say, shout out to James. I'll embarrass him a little bit here. But what a legend for the community. I think we all do our bits for the community, don't we? But I'm give him a hug. <laughs> Camera hug. You're welcome. Thank you. But I do think James is, I don't know, compared to me, levels above. I aspire. There we Someday go. videos I edit will be in the keynote, but that'll be oh, like, no. that'll be the year after I'm gone, because I will never do it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a lot of work, an yeah. amazing work. Thank you for that, It's James. a new standard now for keynotes. Like the key, yeah. Keynote yeah. project updates have to be Punchy, uh, entertaining, awesome volume level consistency. There's a lot of work going on there that we don't all see. So. Yeah. Can I talk about keynotes? Am I allowed to say something? Talk about keynotes, here. Right, so I have a set of pro tips for people attending KubeCon, and there are no exceptions to tip number one, right, is do not go anywhere near the lunch bags. They're always terrible. <laughs> now I'm gonna caveat that by saying, I have never organized a conference for 10,000 people, and I respect that it's extremely difficult, but the lunch bags are atrocious. Please, if you come to KubeCon, go and eat somewhere else. Thank goodness for Fat Poor Pub over the road here. <laughs> we were there every night, like every night. Yeah. Tip number two was gonna be avoid the keynotes at all costs, but I'm caveating that now, as in there are exceptions to that. I have not attended any keynotes this year, but because James is now raising the bar for keynotes, in Paris, promise, Cub Scouts or whatever, <laughs> that I will attend a keynote. And Heard it here first. Pressure. Heard it here first. <laughs> My other uh, top tip was gonna be avoid the sessions, right? But exceptions apply again. Yeah. This is the first KubeCon in about five where I've gone to a session. And actually, they're a lot better than they used to be. And again, I know, I think 2,000 submissions for sessions yeah. for this KubeCon, not an easy task. I feel like they are better than 
probably 2019, San Diego was the last time I went to a, a session. They can be better, everything can be better, right? Yeah. But I'm glad I've been to it. Well, we, we talked about Carmada yep. before, and, and I got that from a session. Yeah. And I'm excited and I'm going away to learn yeah. something yeah. about it. So pick your sessions wisely. And the other tip is a positive one is go meet people at the booths yeah. and people that are mingling in the booths. People like this. The hallway this. track. Yeah, hallway yeah. tracks as well. Yeah. Like I do think the the biggest strength of events like this is the people and the networking. It is that community yeah. side of it, isn't it? I, the thing that I think, I mean, we've been at a lot of conferences. I've been going to conferences for decades. Right? And one of the things I think is unique here is especially like all the CNCF projects, maybe not all of them, but I, I feel like it's all of them, a lot of them, have their own little booth. And then a lot of the people that are maintaining all the software, the open source software that we're using are at the other industry booths. Mm -hmm. So it's not just marketers and salespeople at the booths. It it's is the actually people. the engineers it's the people. contributing yeah. in open source. Absolutely. So I normally, like I, 15 years ago, it's not like I made friends at booths, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like now I actually can walk around and I'm seeing Solomon Hikes hanging yeah. out. At the, yeah. the guy who basically made all this possible. <laughs> uh, him and his team were hanging around at a booth. That keeps happening where I meet yeah. people you actually find out like people have moved companies and they're now doing the same open source but for a different company. You've got people like Victor Farsik, who's working at Upbound, and he just hangs out, walks around, wanders, but yeah. it's it's kind of like the but who's also the who's people, of people that here. Are the, you know, they're here with their company maybe, but then yeah. they go over to the project booth, that's their passion. Yeah. So they're basically, you know, you can meet the people that are in those communities for these projects that you might be interested in contributing to. This actually happened like, yesterday. I heard the story of there's a booth for one of the vendors here. They have an open source project that is one of the CNCS, and they kept asking at the booth, "Where's our CTO?" Because he was over at the open source <laughs> booth hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it happened. Now I just bumped into Liz Rice. You guys, were, you won't have seen a film last night, will you? Because we, we did not. We did not. No, because I was uh, at the spin. EBPF yes. documentary yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Apparently it's amazing and it's on YouTube, so watch it. But I was just talking to Liz about the booth and stuff like that, and she said exactly the same thing. The people that are at, you know, iSurveillant booth and, and, and a bunch of the others, like I, I tend to go to the WebAssembly booths, and it's all the people that are building the technologies. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I fear, or I wonder, as the event matures KubeCon and maybe gets bigger in the future, I just don't want it to lose that sort of... Yeah. You know, the last thing that I think any of us wants is that the people at the booths are then just the sales that and marketing. Res that responsibility is on all of us. That's why yeah. we're here, yeah. and that's how we keep it. Yeah. If we that. don't show that we're, that we're now part of the problem, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. awesome, man. Thank Thanks you, for Nigel. No, thank you. It's been you guys. great. <laughs> yeah. This is Mauricio. So Mauricio. Yeah is my favorite Kubernetes content creator. Really? So, no, yes, so where Mauricio creates content in the Kubernetes space, obviously yeah. we create content, we know a lot about Kubernetes anyway, we're teaching it, but every time I come across some of Mauricio's stuff, it's that 60 to 100% level. It is always something new in it, and he's just done a new awesome book. Yep. So. As, as well as that, Derek, you can come over same time. What's your book? Got? So my book is titled Platform Engineering on Kubernetes. And it's a very practical book that basically shows you different tools in the ecosystem and how you put them together. Uh, they are all kind of like, most of them, they are like CNCF projects, 
Some of them are not, but they are like new projects that are coming in outside the communities and uh, you know helping people to be more productive when they are just going into this journey of like cloud native. So it's nice. How can they find it? So you go to the mining website and type like platform engineering on Kubernetes. Or you can follow me at Salavoy on Twitter X. Nice. So platform engineering on Manning. On Kubernetes, yeah. Yeah. Platform oh, engineering on, on Kubernetes. On, on Kubernetes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, it's a very kind of like community-driven book, right? Like it covers like 12 different projects, and I've kind of like contributed to these projects and known people in these projects that basically helped me to kind of like write a book where everything kind of like works together. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Good yeah. to have you here. <laughs> Hello, sir. You know Derek, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Part of the WhatsApp crew. We need a name. We need a name for that crew. Hi. Why are you here? What do you do? I'm a content creator, mostly Terraform and DevOps content. So I've got some Docker stuff, some Ansible, Jenkins, some of the old stuff just to fill in the gaps, but mostly Terraform. Where do we find your stuff, your content? Morethancertified.com. And you have courses on on a platform. Tell us about that. Yes. So I'm hosting on Teachable. It's my own website. Uh, You can find me on Udemy as well but you'll probably get the best experience through my website. I just have a bunch of auxiliary stuff and extra content, but um, either way, it works out perfect, as well as More Than Certified on YouTube. Cool. Very nice. What's the YouTube channel name? More Than Certified. Well, it was great meeting you at the conference. I'm, I'm glad we got to see face-to-face. Uh, we see each other on the internet, and uh, we all, we're all this big, so yeah. turns out you're not. You're bigger than that. Thanks for stopping by, Derek. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So we were going through topics that we, like things that we were interested in, things that we saw at the, at the conference. We just talked about eBPF right before we had Nigel on. Yeah, eBPF and, I mean, WASM is obviously a theme, but I felt the same way yeah, as Nigel. I did too. Um, it wasn't as big of a thing as I thought it would be, considering last year's awesome trends. Right. LLMs are like, people talk, everything's AI, AI, everything. Shocker to no one. (laughs) Uh, However, there were some interesting applications of LLMs to DevOps, to chat ops, to like little pockets of it. Runbook, there was a company that you could ask for runbooks and it would generate it. I asked for it to make 20 pods and then do some other things in a runbook and it built it all. It built me the, the templates and a web page, kind of, and it looked like actually like a Jupyter notebook. Or yeah, yeah exactly. And and the other area that I saw some interest in was auto scaling the no, the nodes. So as we were talking about like machine learning workloads, getting the most out of the compute, Kubernetes that's its strength, right? Yeah. And a little bit of a shameless plug, but AWS uh, contributed uh, the Carpenter project, the auto scaler Carpenter, to the CNCF and. The beta version of the API is coming out soon, or is out now. That's super exciting. We had a lot of uh, interest in that. And, yeah. And then the Carpenter with a K. Yeah, Carpenter which with a K. Which we've talked about before. Yeah. Just look for Carpenter and with a K. Everybody's other, talking about it. And the other thing that happened is Azure provided a cloud provider for that now, so you can use Carpenter with uh, with AWS clouds. and Azure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope you know this being an upstream project and the CNCF encourages more innovation more adoption of this kind of auto-scaling of your compute paradigm with that Carpenter provides. So that's super exciting. Yeah. And then on the observability side, OpenTelemetry, again, I see it everywhere now. It's yeah. you know, OpenTelemetry as that one agent, and now uh, logs are g- generally available within the upstream, the, the, the log collection, yeah. telemetry collection is now in OpenTelemetry GA as of, I believe, yesterday. So that's very exciting. There's a 
lot. I mean, we could probably do a whole other show if we went through every CNCF project with all their announcements at KubeCon. But there's a lot of activity in these these graduated projects now. Yeah, the Gateway API went one. Oh, we're yeah, we're definitely going to do a show again on the Gateway API. Yeah, We've been talking about that changes. for years. There's a yeah. lot of changes with respect to that that whole entire thing, right? Yeah. Ingress, networking. We should do a show on, on yeah, Gateway yeah, for API sure. and dig into that. We know some people. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see a show on the Gateway API or some of these other topics in more detail. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Yeah, basically go find a CNCF project that you want to see on the show. Yeah. Put it in chat. Reach out to us on Twitter or on the Discord, devops.fan. Of course, all you are probably already in the Discord. <laughs> There's 16,000 of you in there. It's the Cloud Native DevOps Discord. Yep. We're booking the shows for next year, so we want all the projects on. We've got a laundry list. Yes. The last thing I'll mention is KubeVert, which we have not had on the channel, which yeah, is, Kubevert. with my ops background, you'd think that KubeVert would have been one of the so, first ones. So what is KubeVert? It's managing virtual machines on Kubernetes, and it finally went V1. Okay. So it is, I know very little about it, and that's why we're gonna have to have a show about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, we can learn together. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I grew up with virtual machines, right? Like a lot of us did. I was around when we went, that we early 2000s, when we actually started doing virtual machines. Yep. And everyone thought it was a horrible idea. I was getting so much pushback because it was gonna make our stuff slow, like there's these layers uh, of OS's, so that's gonna be a performance problem, and there's increased, you, you're not now a single server. If it goes down, now twenty, and, and now virtual 20 machines, machines. Are like air. Right? We, yeah, like, we, like, we, why would you? Yeah, everybody <laughs> uses virtual. We're virtual machine by default, right? That's what, oh, whereas okay. twenty years ago, virtual machine was so risky. Like, so what no do one wanted to do it. What do you think we're going to be by default in five years? By default, years? eBPF. We're kind of already there, uh, yeah. but also oh, maybe LLM. Like basically, if like there's some sort of LLM integration with everything we do, right? Uh, They've talked about like Cube Control AI. Yeah, We've yeah. talked about all these different like command line options, GUI options. Like we're basically going to have robots helping us do our work in every single tool. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be one major tool that we all use on everything. I think it's no. going to be a million little tools. But I think there's some like this the idea that the Kubernetes control plane is there. Yeah and that's available, Yeah, I think it might get to that same feeling of what we had from virtual machines, right? Something new to, oh, it's just an assumed thing. It's now the data center API. That was a thing for a long time, data center API. Yeah. Like, they talked about it in the keynotes, and I, I really feel this way too. It's like everyone, you know, we started with stateless services, you know, 10 years ago, they're the beginning of the Kubernetes project. It was stateless services, like, you know, and, you know, ML people, AI people, anyone else, like, they weren't on the platform. Scientists weren't on the platform. Like there was a lot of things that we just not optimized for Kubernetes. And we've basically had 20, 29 versions now. Like <laughs> yeah. we've iterated a lot in a very short amount of time. And yeah. it's to the point now where it's Kubernetes default. Why aren't you using that? So join us next week for our conversation with Solomon Hikes and Dagger.io. Yeah. So with all right. that, thank you all. Goodbye. See you next time, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.